allowed us to be here this day, giving him honor and praise and glory. But this morning, we, we're going to talk to us, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. We're going to talk about walking in the wealthy place, walking in the wealthy place. But I want us to read a scripture from the book of Job, the book of Job. Heavenly Father, bless your word. Thank you now in Jesus' name. The book of Job, chapter number three. Came across this verse and I thought it was quite interesting. Sometimes it gives us clarity and sometimes it makes us confusing. But in the book of Job, chapter number three, chapter number three. Oh, hallelujah. I'm looking at verse number 23. Are we there? Now, verse 23 says, and you know Job went through a whole lot of stuff. He went through much. And he's speaking here. He says, why is light given to a man whose way is hid? And whom God has hedged in. When I came across that, I had to ponder on it. And that's a true statement Job was making. Why is it that God has given us light, but our pathway, the path that we travel, is hid? Why does he give us that light? And the journey that we're taking, many paths that we take are hidden. And even to the point of sometimes we are hedged in and we don't know which way to go. But yet, Job asks that question. I'm sure sometimes we do as well. Ask that question. Why? Did God give us light? Why did he give us him? And our path, ways are hidden. Because we don't know the the path to take. But he gave us a light. But yet it says our pathway is hidden. And sometimes we are hedged in. But that light is for our guidance. Even in that time of darkness and we don't know which way to turn, which way to go, what to do and how to do, we have to remember that God has given us light. Just a small amount of light, okay? Now let's go to Psalms 66. And this is basically where our text is going to come from because we have to understand about how to get to the wealthy place, and how to walk in the wealthy place. Now, most people, when they think about the wealthy place, they think about money. No, that's not what this means. And that's just a a myth. That's just an interpretation that man, man has. But Psalm 66, it talks about before we can even get To that wealthy place, there are some things that has to take place, and there's a purpose. In verse number 10, in Psalm 66, it says, For thou, O God, 
hath proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Now, that word proved there, the first thing he talks about, that God has proved us. He's tested us. He has done what he is doing in our lives for us to, to discover some things. He tries us. And one definition says that he ascertained us, which means that he unearthed or he reveals those unknown qualities that we have. This is why God proves us. This is why he tests us. Because there are some qualities within us that has to be unearthed. And if we never know what we have on the inside, then uh, we will never reach our destination or fulfill the purpose that God has for us. So he has to reveal to us what's in us. He already knows what's in us. But he has to reveal to us. Because, see, most people have not a clue what's in them. Has, has not a clue. So what God does, he does a testing. He puts us through tests so we can see and determine and discover we really got more strength than what we think we have. He unearths some things in us that's hidden to us in our just normality, our reality. But then he goes on and he says that he has tried us as silver is tried, hmm, he has tried us. That's that latter part of 10. He has tried us as silver is tried. How does God try us? Hmm. And when I begin to look at how silver is tried in order for the pure silver to come up and the waste to be discarded, what happens is it's placed in a fiery furnace anybody been in a fiery furnace lately <laughs> i have <laughs> he he puts us in this furnace it's just not a normal furnace but it is a fiery furnace because see he has to turn up the heat because we've got some waste particles attached to us and the pure civil cannot come out so what he does now, he has to separate the silver from the waste. And I heard the Holy Spirit say he's got to separate the good from the bad that's in us. So do we think we got all good in us? Do we, do we, do we really think that? Uh-uh. So when he puts us in that fiery furnace, the whole process is to separate the good from the bad. And sometimes, I don't know about you all, but sometimes he will turn it up, the furnace up a notch on me. Because I've got some bad in me that he needs to get out. Amen. So he will turn it up. He'll turn that heat up. And, and, and those trials and those tribul tribulations will come intensified. But it's a purpose that he is doing that for. He's got to separate the good from the bad. He's got to separate the silver from the waste. And then I noted that it said that silver is tried seven times. The process. Sometimes we wonder, why are we going through this process? It seems like 
I don't know about you all, but when you get out of one storm, it appears that you're in another storm. And then it appears you're in another storm, and then it's in another storm, and then it's into another storm. And what he is doing, he is taking us through the process. Because, see, he never uses the same level all the time. Because, see, as we grow in God, that means he has to increase the process. He has to heighten it up a little bit. It's very important to know that. And then he goes on and he talks about in verse number 11. Now, remember now, we're, we're heading to that wealthy place, the wealthy place, okay? Now, look at verse number 10. It's verse number 11, excuse me. Now, verse 11 says, this is God says, Thou brought us up, thou brought us us into the net. Thou layest afflictions upon our loins. When he says he brought us into a net. In other words, we are at a place of not being able to move. We are unable to move. We are immobilized. In other words, sometimes it being in a net, it means that we're stuck. I don't want to say stuck like Chuck, but we're stuck in the mud. It's like you can't seem to go forward and you can't seem to go backwards. You're just stuck. But who is placing us in that dilemma? God. God is doing this. God, God is doing this because he wants us to unearth what's on the inside of us. He wants us to, do, to discover some things. And sometimes when we move too fast and we're always on the move, we can never discover what's on the inside of us. So sometimes he put us at a place of standstill. That's why God said, be still and know that I'm God. Because most of the time, we do not like to stand still. And I don't mean a physical standing still, but standing still within our spirit so that we can hear God and see what he is doing. And then he says now, not only that, but he says, watch where he places the afflictions. In verse 11, he said, thou layest afflictions upon our loins. He lays those afflictions, those trials, those things that we go through upon the loins. The loins is those things, the birthing canal. Your loins is where you, where you birth things. But God is doing all of these things because he is trying to get us to a place, the wealthy place. He's trying to get us there, okay? Now, look at verse number 12. Are we there? Verse number 12 in Psalms 66, verse number 12. Are we there? Verse number 12. Verse number 12. Well, let's catch this real good. He says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our head. Then he says, We went through fire huh, and through water. But look what happened when you go through the fire and the water. What does the word say? But thou do what? He brought us, us out into a where? A wealthy place. You got to go through the fire and the water. In other words, you got to get in the fiery furnace. You know, back in our day, they used to love to preach about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Being in the fiery furnace. But did they really know and understand what that meant? Because, see, in our today's society, God has to do what he has to do in order for us to know what's in us. 
And once we discover what's in us, then we'll be able to be brought to that wealthy place. You've got to go through the fire. Some of us do not want to go through the fire nor through the water. Can I get an amen on that? In other words, we don't want to go through nothing, right? We want everything to be nice and sweet and lovely. But you can never get to the wealthy place unless you go through the fire. You know, the Bible talks about with Shadrach and Meshach, you know, even the, 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 the fire that didn't even touch them because of who they had with them. But we got to understand it's so important that it's imperative. I'm like, I'm, I'm like most of you. I'm hoping I'm like most of you all. I don't like going through the fire. I, 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 I'm being honest. I'm not being holier than thou. Oh, I can go through it and I can, oh, no. We cry, we weep, we whine, and if you like me, sometimes we complain. Amen. But we have to understand all of it is necessary in order to get to the wealthy place. You've got to be brought through the wealthy place. Now, let's go to um, Isaiah. We won't be before you long. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 43. This is, this is some words of comfort here. Isaiah chapter number 43 yeah, Isaiah chapter number 43. This is some comfort because many of us are going through the fire. I heard one year. Amen. Amen. Many of us are going through the fire. Now, Isaiah chapter number 43, verse number 2 says this. He says this. When thou, that's what? Passeth. Through the waters. It didn't say you're going to be uh, overwhelmed in the waters. He says you're going to pass through the waters. See, this is the mindset you have to have that whatever you're going through, you're not going to always be in it. See, if you don't have that mindset, you'll, you'll drown. That, but he says here in verse number 2, Isaiah 43, he says, When thou passest through the waters, here's the promise. He says, I will be with thee. That's a promise. He says, when you, when you go through this, he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And then he says, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Even though it may look like you're going under, it may look like you're going to sink God says, I'm with you. And whatever that is that's trying to overtake you, he is saying in his word that it will not overflow upon you. See, we got to have the mindset. See, the wealthy place, thank you, Holy Spirit, I'm going before I should. But that wealthy place is a mindset. If you don't have the mindset, you'll go under every time. You'll go under every time. He says, when you go through the rivers... Okay? He said, they shall not overflow thee. And then he says, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So when you look at this, it says, when thou walkest through the fire. See, 
You're walking through the fire. You're not at a standstill. You're walking through the fire. See, some of us like to to, uh, be at a standstill, and that's how we get consumed. But see, what, what the word walking there, that is your steady moving, even though you're going through the fire. You, you're moving. You're walking. You, you in a, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. You are in a progressive mode. You're, you're walking through. See, don't stand still when you're going through the fire. The Word of God says what you need to do is keep on walking, as Dr. Manning can say. Just keep on walking. You got, you got to keep on walking. Because he says, if I keep on walking, he said, then I won't be burned. In other words, I will not be consumed if I keep on walking. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says just like this. If it's raining outside and if it's pouring, if you stand still, you're going to get, what, soaking wet, right? But if you keep on walking while it's raining, sooner or later you're going to get to your destination. So we've got to keep on walking, even though we're going through the fire, we're going through the water, because there is a place called a, the wealthy place that has been promised to, uh, to God from us, to us. That there's a promise. He even talks about how the flame that, that's kindled against us, it, won't, it will not burn us up. Sometimes people will allow... The, the fire and the water and their trials to consume them. If, if you understand that God is with you and whatever you're going through, you cannot be consumed because God himself is a consuming fire. So all what's happening is he's really, re- oh, yes, that's sweet, God. He is really releasing himself upon us because he is a consuming fire. You remember the civil, the process of the civil? It's separation, separation of the silver and the waste. Separation of the good and the bad. It's essential. But how do we change the mindset that we have? I'm, I'm thankful that you asked me. I'm thankful. Let's look at First Chronicles. Old Testament, First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter number 4. First Chronicles chapter number 4. Are we there? Hmm. First Chronicles chapter number 4. Hmm. And we're going to begin at verse number 9. A good teacher... If we would, and a good student, if a student would follow the teachings of the teacher, we will be able to change the mindset that we have. And the best teacher right now about this wealthy place and walking in this wealthy place is a man by the name of Jabez. Jabez. First Chronicles chapter number 4. Now, verse number 9 says, And Jabez were more honorable than his brethren. Stay close attention to this. And his mother called his name 
Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Mm. The name Jabez means sorrowful, it means trouble, and it also means pain. Hmm. Be careful. Be very careful. You see, what Jabez had to do was reverse the order of his mindset. He had to do that. But before we get into that, there's something we must see and discover. Who named Jabez Jabez? Who, who, who gave him that name which represented sorrow and trouble and pain? His mother. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, be careful what you place on the next generation. Don't take your circumstances and put it on the next generation. See, he had to grow up with thinking, I'm trouble. I call somebody pain. I, I cause my mother sorrow. But it was she that put that name on him. So we got to be careful what we pass on to the next generation because this life and death is in the power of the tongue. See, when we, when we take on the mindset of someone else, that's another thing that God says, do not take on the mindset or allow the circumstances of someone else to dictate your life and your destiny. Have you ever been told you ain't no good from a child up? You'll never amount to anything? And more and more as that is embedded in you, or embedded in me, it becomes a way of life for us. So we grow up that way. We grow up thinking that we can never accomplish anything. And see, when, 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 we, when we allow the previous generations to, to determine our pathway and our destiny by the words that they say, it hinders our place or our walking in that wealthy place. Because, see, you've got to change the mind. See, it's, it's, it's just a mindset. It's a mindset. Now, there are some other people in the Scriptures, and in, in First Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 23, there was a, a, a young boy by the name of Bariah. His, mama, his mother named him Bariah, which means calamity. Hmm. She named her son, and the reason why the dad, Ephraim, he, he allowed uh, the name Bariah to mean calamity is because he had trouble in his own house. Whatever the, your circumstances and situations and, and your troubles are, do not pass it on to your offsprings. Can I put it that way? Don't pass it on. Because, see, that's what happened with Jabez. It was passed on his mother's feelings, so she put that on him, and he grew up with that. Think about our own life. Think about our own growing up as a young person, how you perceived yourself. Even now as an adult, 
Because some of those things that, that was labeled and placed on us, we, we, we took on that mindset. Then also, in, in the book of Samuel, chapter number 4, verse 21, it talks about Eli, who had two sons, and they were killed in battle. But when his daughter-in-law was given birth, the first thing she said, she said, name him Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. So every time somebody looks at him or he even thinks about it, all he can think about, the glory has departed. The glory of God has gone. All because of a name. And every name has meaning. Even when, 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 when Rachel dies, Jacob's wife, she named her son Benoah, and it meant son of my sorrow. Son of my sorrow. What are we passing on to the next generation? This is internal thing. This, this, is, this is inventory. What are we passing on? By the words that we speak, the things that we say, what are we passing on? Or better yet, what has been passed on to us? And we accepted that. But there is some good news. Somebody say good news. There is some good news. There is some good news. In First Chronicles now, chapter number 4, looking at verse number 10. Hmm. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me, and God granted him that which he requests. Now, the first thing we have to understand is this. What Jabez did, he reversed the order. He had an awakening. He reversed the order. See, no matter what anyone tell tell you about yourself, you have to have a mindset to reverse the order. You got to have the mindset to reverse the order. The first thing he does is he called on the God of Israel. He called on a true and a living God because he gets a, an awakening. He gets an awakening that my life is not supposed to be like this. So he understood he could not have all of those idol gods because, see, one of the many, and I searched for Jabez's mother's name, and there was nowhere mention of his mother's name in the scripture. And so I said, okay, Lord, what, what are you saying? And he said, anybody can put that upon you. And he says now, he says, I'm calling on you, God. He said, the God of Israel. You may not even know God. But one thing that Jabez remembered was to call on the true and the living God, the God of Israel. If you don't know God, you won't know who to call on. You will remain in the same situation and same circumstances if you don't know the true and the living God. Have you ever been saying to yourself, I've seen this scenery before. 
round and round and round, and the scenery does not change. Anybody been there besides me? It doesn't change. And that's because you got the wrong God. It's because you got the wrong God. You see, you still have the mindset of that previous generation who did not understand how they can put things upon their loved ones. And it can affect their lives for the rest of their life. So the first thing he did was, I'm going to call on the God of Israel. So apparently he, he must have seen something or witnessed something about the true and the living God for him to decide to call on the God of Israel. Hmm. And watch what he says. Watch what he asks for. Hmm. In other words, he says, there are some limitations I need for you to remove. Remember, you can become immobilized in your condition. You can be stuck in the mud. Can't move forward, can't move back, just stuck. But what he does is this. And the scripture says in verse 10, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. He called for the blessings of God. He called for the promises of God. Have you, have you ever had anybody tell you, well, you're not supposed to be praying next to God for no blessings? That, that, that you don't need to do those things? You, know, you, you pray for everybody else, but you don't pray for yourself. The first thing Jabez, his awakening was, he asked God to bless him. How many of us have been asking God to bless us? And I'm not talking about in the way of finances, because finances will get us in trouble. Amen? Money will mess up some stuff. But he, he asked God for the blessings. So these blessings is like, you remember back in Job, he says, we got this light, but the path is hidden. And I'm hedged in. He, he asked God for the promises that he had been promised back in the day of Abraham. See, we've been promised a whole lot of things. And he says, God, I need you to bless me. Then he say, indeed. In other words, overwhelm me with the blessings of God. God, I want wisdom. I want knowledge. I want understanding. I want it all so I will know how to walk in darkness even though I've got a light there and I can trust the light as I'm going through the fire. He's a good, he's a God, bless me, bless me with that type of mindset because all of my life I've been told Something different. Y'all been told something different? Coming up? Not, not supposed to have? Other folks supposed to have and you ain't supposed to have? If you got more than two nickels and a dime, all of a sudden you didn't cheat it to get it? But what about it being a blessing from the Lord? Sometimes we have a tendency to think, oh, Holy Spirit, I hear. Sometimes we have a tendency to think that, 
we are supposed to always be broke. We're supposed to always live in poverty. Do you not know poverty is a mindset? Poverty is a mindset. We are there because the mind still thinks we're supposed to be broke, disgusted, and whatever, and whatever. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If my father owns a cattle of a, on a thousand hills, and if he is such a God that he can create things, the universe, we will, we will let me say this to you. We were on vacation this week. And we took this cruise. They call it the Sunset Cruise. Witnessed something the most amazing thing in my life. And when it get down to the point of the sunset, when the sun was setting, the sun began to change. It went from a fiery like red to a, a like a burnt orange. It went to like, like almost like a yellow, and then there was a purple that was there. And then there was a blue. I'm talking about in the sun. It was going down, and it began to change color. Now, if we serve a God like that, that can take the elements of the universe and allow them to, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, fashion themselves in beauty, do you not know God would do the same for us? It was spectacular. I never witnessed anything like that. So, so we've got to understand the, the God that we serve. We have, to, we have to understand. I'm going to say this too. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Every year, I'm telling you how God will bless you. Every year, around this time, I always find somebody that's selling Fresh vegetables, so I try to buy me enough so I can eat fresh vegetables all year long. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a conversation with someone, and lo and behold, we were talking about the upcoming destruction and things, and, and the man said, uh, do you eat green beans? I said, yes, sir, I sure do. He said, well, do you something? In, oh, yeah, squash. He said, do you eat squash? I said, yes, sir, I do. He goes in the back of his car. He tells his wife, go get her a bag out of the car. He raises up the trunk of his car, and he gives me fresh vegetables. I didn't have to pay for them. Didn't even ask them. Didn't even know that they were even there. And then the next thing, next thing I know, I, here comes some more fresh okra and fresh Kale greens, all these things that in the past I had to pay for, but God touched the hearts of people. And he will, He blessed me. He blessed the household. Because, see, God and I told us to put up. Amen. See, God blesses us in so many different ways. So, Jabez said, God, I want you to bless me. See, we limit God. What Jabez had to do was he had to remove the limits off of God. We, 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 we got God in a place, like God said to Israel, he said, you're limiting me. We have to allow God to work in our lives and allow him to remove those limitations. Most limitations come from a mindset. That's where the limitations come from, mindset. 
Then he says this. He says now, watch this. Not only did he want the blessings of God, but watch what else he says in verse 10. He says, and enlarge my coast, enlarge my territory, enlarge my territory. Put a pen right here. And let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 55. 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 55. Remember now, he asked God to enlarge his territory. I'm going to read this verse here. Watch what God does for him when he asks him to enlarge his territory. Verse 55 says, And the families of the scribes, keynote, scribes which dwelt at Jabez. Jabez had a city named after him. And then he says, the Tartites, the Shemitites, and the Shushites said, These are the Kenites that came of Hemoth, the father of the house of Rahab. Now, what God did for him when he asked him to enlarge the territory, he gave him a school where he could teach. He gave him a school. I mean, they were scribes. They, uh, now, the Tartites, they were learners of the divine articles of God. They moved to this city that was named after Jabez because he had became awakening to the things of God. And see, the others were, they were producers. They were producers of sacred songs of God and the doctoring of the law. That was one group. They were tent dwellers. And the reason why they were tent dwellers, it was because they did not want the world to have no part of their life. So they were tent dwellers. So when he said, enlarge my territory, look how if he had kept this mindset that his mom gave him, he would never have been a teacher of scribes. That's phenomenal. See, if we change that mindset and ask God to enlarge our territory, we have no clue where God will take us. We have no clue where God will lead us and who he will put under our tutage to teach. And what they were teaching was the doctrine of the law. When I say doctrine of the law, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. A school of learning. But yet he grew up being taught, I hate that I even had you. But what if he had kept that mindset? I told someone maybe last week, a couple weeks ago, might have been last week, and as we were conversating, I said, and I'm listening to what they were saying, and I'm listening to the knowledge that they had, and I'm like, did you not know you were a teacher? And they were like, well, I never thought about it that way. You see, you never know what God has in store for you until you remove the mindset that you have. If you want to walk in that wealthy place that God has, God says, when you go through that fire, you go through the waters, and you go through all that, he said, I brought you out into a wealthy place. Are we walking in what God has called for us to walk in? That wealthy place. We need to change our mindset. 
So he, he's, he's saying now, he said, enlarge my territory. God has got to be more than this. There's got to be more than Boiling Springs, South Carolina. For him to enlarge his territory. Have you ever thought just these names they see on these street signs? Whose names are those? And why were they given that honor to have the, their name on the street signs? Wouldn't it be nice to have your name on a street sign where you live? Amen. See, Jabez, this was a city. He moved from that old mindset into the new mindset, and now he has a city, not just a street, a city named after him where the scribes came and lived, and he was teaching the word of God where they flocked in to hear the word of God. What if he kept that same old mindset? Oh, I'm just, just I'm sorrowful and I brought my mama pain and my family pain and suffering. and oh. God said, do away with that. Walk in the wealthy place. Because that's where he has called you to be. And then the next thing he says in verse number 10, he asks God, he says, and that thine hand might be with me. He did not want the hand of God to be removed from him. The last thing you ever want in your life is for God to take his hands off of you. Because then you're left to your own demise. And when we're left to our own demise and to our left own, to our own selves, that gives Satan an open door, a field day to literally to destroy us. But he wanted God's hand to remain on him. We do not want to walk away from God. We want to walk to the Father. Amen. And then he says, he said he wanted his hand there upon him that God would be with him. And then he says, and watch this, and that thou wouldest keep me from where? Keep me from evil. Do we pray and ask God to keep us from evil? <laughs> you got to start praying. You got to know how to pray. He says, he said, God, now, not only do I want your hand upon me, but I want you to keep me from evil because, see, man is notorious for getting in trouble. Amen. Notorious. But he says to God, now, keep me from evil that it may not, uh-oh, you see that, that it may not grieve me. Evil will cause grief in your life. Evil. A different mindset. Evil will cause grief. You ever went down the wrong path? Lord have mercy. And the grief that comes with it, that, that, that there's some grief behind that. But he prayed that prayer. God, keep me from evil because he says, I don't want the grief. Ooh, I don't want the grief that comes with evil. So there's some attachments there. Grief is attached to evil. He knew how to pray, didn't he? He really need, He knew how to pray. And watch the very last line and we're done. When he prayed the way he prayed, because God had brought him into this wealthy place, it changed his mindset. And then he said, and God granted him that 
which he requested. When we pray like Jabez, with that sincerity of heart and spirit, he says, and God granted me my request. What we're praying for today. Be pacific. Because, see, we're more than what we see. Satan will want us to think that we're nothing, we're nobody, but we are more than what we see. See, remember the scriptures? That word proved had to unearth some things, had to discover some things that was within us, those hidden qualities that are hid. See, we've got some things on the inside of us that's hidden. And they have to be unearthed. They got to be dug up. And then you change that order. You reverse that old mindset and come up with a new mindset. And that new mindset involves God. And when you allow God to do what he needs to do, when we come into that place of the awakening, that which we ask of him, Jabez said, he granted my request. Let no man limit who you're supposed to be and God has called you to be. Don't let that happen. Be careful what you speak or what you pass on to the next generation. Because the circumstances that we may be going through we will name whatever it is, those circumstances and those situations, and will cause hardship for years. Some people have never recovered because they did not reverse the order and call on God and begin to pray the things that God had promised, walking in the wealthy place. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We just praise God and thank God for his word.